Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We do. We keep re-remembering it along the way. <laughs> we just keep running into each other. <laughs> Radio Free Roscoe, how did you get here? What are you doing in my falafel? <laughs> what are you doing inside my snow globe? This is not my beautiful house. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my beautiful high school. <laughs> Oh, man. So what episode are we on today? We are on season one, episode 23, would you believe it? Holy Uh, man. The Bad Boy. It's first aired March 5th, 2004, so completely skipped over the month of February. No airings between um, these episodes for the entire month. Written by Doug McRobb and Russell Cochran and directed by Steve Wright. We do get a very special guest star in this one in the form of Sky Sweetnam. A.K.A. the singer of the main theme of this show. Yes. Sky Sweetnam is from Bolton, Ontario. She released a couple of pop albums in like 2004 and one in 2007. I definitely remember seeing the video for her song Billy S. on Fam Jam like all the time. Billy um, S. Yeah. It's like a song about Billy Shakespeare or something like that. Ugh. But you, you remember Fam Jam, right? Oh, hell Yeah. And I, I was thinking, I remember her having a song on Fam Jam, but I couldn't remember what the song was. They would just play a music video in between episodes of different shows. And I feel like I that's where I really got inundated with Mambo Number no. 5. Oh, I think Jody found Billy S because she's grooving <laughs> to is, it. This is wild. I completely forgot about this song until now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like one of those like visceral flashbacks or something's really buried in your mind. Yes, and it like it hits really strong with those like childhood songs or especially like oh, those preteen yeah. songs where you're like, I don't remember the lyrics to this, and then like suddenly you're belting out the chorus. So Sky Sweetnam's had an interesting career. She opened for Britney Spears on her 2004 European and North American tour, which is wild. Damn, Sky. Yeah, she also in 2005, I believe provided Barbie's singing voice in The Barbie Diaries. Oh. I just, I made a note of this because it, I don't know, I just thought it was a funny song title. On her second album, she has a song called Music Is My Boyfriend, and it just made me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sky Sweetnam. That, that sounds like an episode of a sitcom where, like, a character's just gone through a string of unsuccessful dates. They're like, I don't need a boyfriend. Music will be my boyfriend. My work will be my husband. Says a boyfriend and a husband. They're like, oh, <laughs> such scandal. <laughs> Cooking will be my mistress. Yes. Getting my eyebrows waxed will be my lover. <laughs> Sky ended up taking a bit of a musical turn a few years back. She now goes by the stage name Sever and is the lead singer for a band called Sumo Psycho. They're a bit more like hard rock, kind of heavier music. And they're still super active. I actually went on her Facebook page today and they've been doing like the Sumo Psycho Hour and stuff where they, you know, are just having like live streams where they like chat and stuff like that. Love it. Um, yeah. They, they also have a merch site where if you want to, you can buy uh, Sumo Psycho barrettes that are made by Sky Sweetnam herself. <laughs> so if you want a little bit of RFR history and to see what Sky's up to now. Um, yeah, check out Sumo Psycho. I actually started listening to 
their latest album, which was released in 2017, I believe. And it's pretty cool stuff. It honestly takes me right back to like the MCR days. So I might have to go and listen to the rest of that album. Yeah, I I do appreciate Sky Sweetnam's life. It... <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like I feel like there's a character emerging. I really appreciated my lover's life. <laughs> Just the life force. What the fuck are you? Why why do you have like this valley girl character that's a lover? I don't lover? know. I don't know. I know. It doesn't it doesn't fit. It's it, more like a so gel. That's true. It's more like a granola person like, "Oh, I really enjoy my yes. mother's life." Absolute granola person. Absolute granola. The vodka soaked granola for your breakfast. I'm not like other girls. I've made a vodka soaked granola. <laughs> Put it inside a jade egg inside my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like other girls. I put okay. vodka granola in my hoo-ha. Why, why in the second iteration of that joke did you say hoo-ha? <laughs> what is this character you're imagining? It's not really much of a character okay. anymore. I just think the word hoo-ha is funny and it makes me laugh. So you're I'm saying so you tired. appreciate Sky Sweetnam's life. What I had meant to say... Before we started talking about vodka granola and hoo-hahs, was that I appreciate Sky Sweetnam's influence on my life, and that she was like one of those like pop punk people at kind of like the the time when I was starting to listen to kind of broader music than what I was listening to, which was basically things that were fam jams. Like for a while, that was like my source of music. Was like I either heard it on fam jam. Or it was in a movie or a TV show that I liked. And when I got into the, the middle school pop punk phase, that all, all shifted. So thanks, guys, Wheatnam. Yeah, it's kind of great on that kind of tack of like having a pop punk phase and getting into it more in middle school. I absolutely love if you look at the album art for her second album, Sound Soldier, that has the uh, Music Is My Boyfriend song on it. It looks like it should be on like a a blue notes graphic tee just like it's so great <laughs> cold beverages for all my friends here you go oh what's with the generosity lily be careful it might be loaded ray is putting money into a, a vending machine to pay for a can of soda he ends up getting two and then as he walks away a third one drops so he's having some really good luck takes them over to the gang, gives them all a soda. I was fully prepared for him to give them to Lily and Robbie and just take one for himself. But, yeah. ooh, gen- genuine nice gesture for, for Travis as well. I feel like every every single time that Ray isn't like a complete dick to Travis, I'm like, oh, bonding, boyfriendship. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and uh, don't worry, it'll all go, to, go out the window, I'm sure, in like the next episode. Yes, but Ray attributes it to his lucky baseball card. Yes, lucky Daryl Maddox rookie card that he had misplaced for quite some time. And he attributes it to having like the best luck of his life when he was like eight years old. He found it while he was looking through his attic for Easter eggs. <laughs> and he, he stumbled across his, his beloved baseball card again. I, I feel like, I mean, I, I get it. Like finding Easter eggs like post-Easter. Very fun little surprise. I don't think it's something that you do a secondary hunt for. I think it's no, just it's... like, it's it's August 
and you clean it up by the fireplace and you move like the brush and you're like, oh, look, there's a little foil wrapped egg underneath it. And you know that chocolate is like mostly like wax or whatever, so it's it'll outlive you. So you're you're okay to eat it, I guess. <laughs> that's that that's some really good advice. This food is wax that will outlive you, so I guess eat it. <laughs> eat your wax. <laughs> <laughs> so the the, the counter PSA to don't put it in your mouth. Don't put it in your mouth unless it's wax. <laughs> then you gotta eat your wax. I'm so confused by like the characters you are putting together. <laughs> Who is who is telling you to you've like put on an accent to say eat your wax like this is like a fully developed character. Like, I don't know. Oh, this it's is me, happened. your neighbor telling me you gotta eat your wax. <laughs> so it's a very fun setup for this idea that, you know, Ray's got this lucky card that he believes in, and of course Travis right away is like, oh, you know, luck doesn't that card didn't actually influence any events in your life <laughs> and immediately ray says oh no well the card gave you the pop and it can take it away and he just takes travis's pop away from him yeah so so the, the nice gesture that i i had attributed so much to is pretty quickly taken back but i mean at least it was there to begin with yeah it was, it was an attempt so why have i never seen her before why? Because you two live in totally different worlds, she's a delinquent, you're not. After the scene with the group on the staircase, we get our introduction to Sydney DeLuca. Robbie and Lily are walking down the hallway and Robbie's explaining that he's got this study schedule set up for him and Lily, and this mysterious figure skateboards past um, and goes to their locker, and she takes off her helmet to reveal it's Sydney, aka Sky Sweetenham. Robbie asks Lily who that is, and Lily says that Sydney DeLuca who transferred here from Riverdale. <laughs> it, it, she very fun. much feels like uh, an edgy Riverdale student. But before we can have an interaction between Robbie and Sydney, Waller walks by and just kind of like brushes past Robbie and is like, my office now. And it's very serious. But we cut yeah. to Waller's office and he's going through uh, Robbie's, I guess, student record. And he's like, well, your records are spotless. You're a top student. But I can see that you're not in any extracurriculars. So you must have a lot of free time, unless there are extracurriculars I don't know about. <laughs> Which, like, I feel like you don't have to disclose, like, non-school activities yeah. <laughs> to your principal. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that Robbie is question mark, and I yeah. feel like Waller is just starting to clue in, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a, a, it's a very fun My Arch Nemeses are 14-year-olds subplot. Um, oh my god, yeah. But basically... Uh, because Robbie is such a model student and because he seemingly has so much free time, Waller says that he is the perfect candidate for this like video project that they want to do about documenting what it is to be a model ninth grade student for the incoming students of the, the following year. And Robbie, of course, doesn't have a choice in the matter and has to kind of go along with this. And he's told that a top media student will be assigned to it to follow him around with the camera, and document him being the perfect student. Gee, could that be the character that we just briefly were introduced to? I don't know. I don't think so. It'd be too much of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, what it's just odds? Ted. It's just Ed and Ted. <laughs> oh, oh, I would love it if it was just Ted. This definitely made me think of a project that I did when I was in grade 10. Um, because back in Alberta, our high schools started at grade 10, so it was a similar sort of situation where... I was part of the media club and the school wanted to make kind of like 
kind of a promo or how-to video for the school because our school was a different sort of self-directed program. And yeah, I spent like a few months with my media club friends, including the person who's now my partner, just going around the school and like interviewing different kids about like their experiences with the Bishop Carroll program. Like we talked to some of the student athletes. We talked to people who are in music and drama. We talked to people just basically about what they liked and found to be the strengths of the program in general. And it was a lot of fun. And I, I, I had a lot of fun editing that one. I basically edited it so that it was like, it felt like it was like one long kind of like quote or conversation. And yeah, we got some nice kudos from the principal. And then the next year they hired a professional company to come <laughs> do one instead. So, <laughs> but I mean, we had fun with it. You can still find a copy of it on YouTube somewhere. And yeah, it's a fun project. Miss school media projects. It's a good time. Model student? Can you believe Waller called me a model student? You know, if you had higher cheekbones, he might call you a supermodern student. So we hopped to the station where Robbie is kind of ranting to his friends about how Waller's calling him a model student and he he's can't believe, you know, that Waller singled him out for this. Meanwhile, he's being very fastidious about organizing the CDs and you know, saying that they need to run on time because they were 43 seconds over last show. And his friends all just kind of look at him like, yeah, bud, this is this is kind of why you're the model student. <laughs> we go to the actual show and we get the sort of little conflict between Ray and Travis where Ray's going on about his good luck charm and Travis is still convinced, you know, there's no such thing as a good luck charm. And Ray's, Ray wants to share some more about his baseball card and he goes to retrieve it and it's gone. And now he's freaking out that, you know, his good luck is all over. And of course, it's perfect timing for him to have another hilarious fall off his chair moment that he does so well. We've seen him do it before and he can do it again. Some top notch physical comedy. I'm here for the video diary. Principal Waller sent me. So you're the chosen one. I'm Sid. Hi, I'm Rob. Um, just, just Rob. So Robbie goes to meet this media student who's supposed to be documenting him. And surprise, it's Sydney. Whoa, the the, the shock, transfer. The shock, the intrigue. And she's pretty excited to be doing this because it's basically an excuse for her to be skipping class just to document. And Robbie's like, whoa, 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 I've never skipped class before. I am the best boy. I love how they kind of try to illustrate him being the best boy by putting him in the blandest polo shirt I've ever seen. Oh, it's, it's a very... <laughs> beige polo so beige it's so beige but yeah so robbie robbie skips class to make this project but also like if i were in his position i'd be pretty psyched about this because it's it's a valid excuse to get out of school you've been assigned a specific project by the principal of your school you could tell that to any of your teachers and be like i'm sorry the principal asked me to do this and they'd be like oh yeah that's fine that's so true. And one thing I'd forgot to mention from the previous scene, Robbie mentions that Waller is going to show the finished video on Friday. And the way he says that implies that it's the same week. So how yeah. quickly are they supposed to turn around this whole documentary? Yeah. <laughs> these are these are high school kids. Yeah. God. How dedicated do you think they are as video editors? I know. It's wild. I missed a lot of class for doing kind of school related stuff. I, you know, 
and was involved in a lot of assemblies, both in like a performing and a crew capacity. So there were there were days where I would miss an entire day of class just to do tech runs of stuff. Yeah. Or I would have to go and check things in the lighting booth. Or there was one time that I got out of class just for helping somebody change the, the letters on the sign at the front of our school. You, you can get out of class based on like actual other assigned things assigned by instructors, my guy. It's fine. Robbie is far too much of a timid good boy to even consider that possibility. So small, so gentle. Sydney starts filming him and he's got these cute cars and he's he's very nervous and kind of is trying to to follow Waller's guidelines about what he wants to represent in a student. Sydney grabs his cars and crumples them and throws them away and is like, just relax. You know, Let's wing stop, it. stop playing by all these rules. And then she grabs a pen and there's a poster near them that says Cougar's Rule. But then she writes anarchy underneath Cougar's and adds an S to the end. So it says anarchy rules. And Robbie's like, whoa. And she's like, come on, Robbie, live a little. So then he grabs the pen and writes question everything. Ooh. Ooh because he's question mark. And he's got question. anarchy rules. Bill. I also I love that as Robbie's reading off his cue cards he sounds like when he was trying to cover his tracks when he was having to speak into the microphone for Waller in that one episode he super does his voice gets all like high and kind of squeaky when it's when he's nervous it's great he's he's just picturing when Waller has that snow globe and and he he shakes shakes it and he shakes it it. I can't we we gotta stop that bit at some point because it's it's (laughs) definitely not funny at this point but yeah but Robbie's very intrigued by this this new rebel friend that he's made it's a it's a whole new world for our gentle organized boy hey Ray how's life I hate my guts I still can't find the card anywhere what happened oh where should I start so back at the station we see Lily and Travis chatting as they walk in Ray is already there. His hair is a mess. He looks really upset. And they hear about all of the bad luck that he's encountered throughout the day. Um, He missed the bus. He grabbed his mom's gym bag. So he didn't have his gym clothes. He had her gym clothes. He's had all of these like crazy happenstances or he's he's had all these unfortunate things happen throughout the day and travis is still like oh that those are those are just things that happen you know that (laughs) that that has nothing to do with your baseball card it's it's fine it's whatever as the buddha once said shit happens (laughs) and then robbie enters and they ask him if he has a schedule for that day and robbie in like this this newfound awakening of anarchy that he's trying to embrace he's like you know i just I think we're just going to wing it. I didn't have time to, to put a schedule together. And all the rest of the gang is kind of looking at each other, kind of confused, because this is very out of character for, for Robbie. But he's very quickly getting the influence of his new friend. Okay, so until I find my card, I'm not leaving anything to chance. I got a system to beat the bad luck. Laces, check. Zipper, check. Teeth, check. So the next day we're in the cafeteria in the lunch line with Ray, Travis, and Lily, and Ray's going on again about his bad luck. He's trying to, like, do, like, a checklist on himself to make sure that he's, like, I guess all together or something like that. And he's like, teeth, check, hair, check. And Lily says hip, check. And she basically, like, 
hip checks him into a guy who is holding like a full bottle of mustard and manages to squirt mustard all over Ray, returning him to his natural state <laughs> his of being covered form. in mustard. His truest the form. mustard boy. I do love how, you know, Ray's like, this is bad luck when it's like, clearly, you know, Lily hip checked you into a guy. <laughs> like, it's not like the universe compelled you to launch into this mustard man. Yes, it's, it's, it's a very specific thing. I mean, like, there's there's some serendipity to, I guess, every single situation. Ray tries to, like, read Travis's mind as a bit and asks Travis if he should get the goulash or the pizza, and Travis tells him to get the pizza. Which and that I, backfires. I feel like that shouldn't be, like, I need your special mind powers. If you have to choose between pizza and goulash, I would think every single 14-year-old is gonna choose pizza. So after that whole kerfuffle, the three are eating lunch at the table, and Rob McGrath comes in. He's not Robbie anymore. He's just Rob. He's just that's Rob. that's the bad boy name. And he's all decked out in, like, a black hoodie now. He's wearing, like, all black, and he's got his hood up because he's... I don't know. I don't think it's that, that says bad boy to me as much as it says, like, angsty boy, but yeah. I'm not sure. I guess it is kind of pop punk. Somehow, in this very short period of time... He has changed his look and his attitude and the way he speaks. He has abbreviated everybody's names. So now, not only is he Rob, but they're Lil and Trav. Lil and Trav. Trav is the most unfortunate one, I think. This is my friend, Vis. <laughs> Vis. <laughs> the crowning jewel of the moment is when Principal Waller comes in to check in on how Robbie's doing on the whole documentary filming thing. And he's also confused as to why Robbie looks so different. And Rob says, chill, dude. And Waller's taken aback. And Rob Robbie's response is, oh, I'm sorry, principal, dude. And it's a moment. I'm surprised Waller doesn't immediately like throw him into his office, honestly. <laughs> I, think, I think he's just so confused by the interaction. That's true. It would throw anybody off, I think. Okay, I'll admit it. At first I wanted Sid to think I was cool, but... Taking chances for real was such a rush. You haven't lived until you've skateboarded down the hallway. But following that scene, we get Lily kind of following Rob into the hallway, just very confused about like this interaction and what's going on with him. And uh, he he tells her that you know he's just he, he feels so alive with like this this <laughs> new anarchy. He says you haven't lived until you've skateboarded down a hallway, which I mean <laughs> does sound pretty cool. There, there's something about, like, doing chaotic things within a high school or even just, like, doing things that you're, like, not supposed to be doing. Like, when yeah. I did um, tech theater in high school, we would just be in the school at, like, all times. Because basically, um, during the school play, I was just, like, constantly at, at school outside of the regular hours because I did tech theater. So that meant you did builds, um, I think, two evenings a week. And then I did orchestra, which meant you were at school evenings three times a week. So every wow. single day of the week, I was at school doing something for this play. And then you'd spend the weekend also at school working on building the set. So you would just like constantly be in the school technically like when you weren't supposed to or at least like when there were no other students. So over our lunch breaks on the weekend builds, every now and then we would play like hide and seek throughout the school. Yes. And it's just like a very like goofy, chaotic thing. I spent most of my grade 10 year in the, the like the media room, 
which was this little offshoot room off of the school's computer lab. So you had to walk through the computer lab to get to the media room. And one of the big rules was you couldn't bring food into the computer lab because it's the computer lab. And so one time we were hanging out in the media room. I think our, our teacher was playing Pokemon with, it might have been our friend Ryan, uh, but they were playing Pokemon and we were hanging out talking media and stuff. And some genius brought fries from the farmer's market through the computer lab. And the there was like one of the instructional aides or admin assistants who watched the CTS lab like a hawk. And she saw him go in and she started to make her way to the media room. And we all booked it out of there because it was there was like you could there was a separate entrance to the media room, but it was used more as an exit. And so I just remember all of us like grabbing our stuff and booking it out of there before she could catch any oh of my us. gosh rob robbie basically says he's not going to come to uh rfr that night he has to take care of this video project and lily's like well okay but you remember we're we're studying for that test later and he says coast and she's <laughs> like i i don't know what that means he's like i don't know either i just made it up <laughs> <laughs> robbie's mind is unraveling as he's uh tasting this anarchy that he has never known yeah like some some fun new chaos from robbie and a a different kind of chaos for ray so over in this week's CanCon commercial break we're talking about naturally sadie hey i'm sadie my life is filled with all kinds of weird creatures from best friends to impulsive brothers somehow we all fit together naturally so Naturally Sadie aired from 2005 to 2007, and it was produced by Decode Entertainment. It was another family channel show of the same time, kind of immediately following RFR. So it was created by Barbara Weichman, who, um, according to Dramatic Publishing, uh, is a New York-based performer and playwright. She is a two-time New York State Council on the Arts grant recipient and a Jane Chambers Playwriting Award finalist. Uh, there are two plays that she has published under Dramatic Publishing, Feeding the Moonfish and Aunt Leaf. The series was developed by Suzanne Bolch and John May. The two of them have writing credits for Our Hero, Life with Derek, Yvonne of the Yukon, Sticking Around, and they were creators on How to Be Indie and Connor Undercover. So, wow. yeah, tons, tons of Canadian media of the time. Oh, yeah. So a little bit about the show. Um, This is from Wikipedia. The plot centers on 14-year-old Sadie Hawthorne, who lives with her parents and brother Hal in Whitby, Ontario. She's a high school student and aspiring naturalist who loves to study and observe animal behavior. Luckily for her, she has two best friends, Margaret and Rain, to back her up until she figures it all out. The series was originally titled and broadcast as Going Green, the name being changed to Naturally Sadie when Sean Hook thought of the new idea. And I was like, who the hell is Sean Hook? <laughs> and why is that? Is it like... just like a random name they throw in there? Yeah. Like... Oh, I was like, okay, wh- what does he have to do with the show? And why is that like in the the opening like brief synopsis of of this show? So I did have, have to look him up. He's a like a Canadian pop recording artist who's had like some some prominent singles and and has been in the industry for a while. Um, I think one of his most famous ones is "Reminding Me." featuring Vanessa Hudgens, which I didn't know I knew until I uh, looked it up and listened to it again. And I was like, oh, it's this song. It's like, she keeps reminding me. (laughs) That one. 
Um, <laughs> you know. She keeps reminding me that you're still good and I'm still lonely. Gotta go off on a little tangent. Music video for reminding me is one of the worst music videos I've ever seen. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So it's like this black and white music video. First half of this music video, Sean Hook is just like sitting at a board table looking sad, kind of, you know, he's got his head resting on his fist. He's like vaguely drinking whiskey or something in like this like massive mansion with like this big like glass wall kind of kind of looking space. Vanessa Hudgens is just like in this kind of like beachy vacation outfit and is wandering yeah. through like I don't know, a jungle, some sort of like tropical escape. And then when we cut to her, she's just like in a swimsuit, singing on top of a building. And then there's breakfast. Yeah, and then it just cuts to breakfast. They're just both in like this like massive mansion. And then he's playing a shitty little keyboard. And then she's just swimming. And then these random like sexy shots. Well, yeah, and exactly. So like they you've got kind of like these vague sexy shots like interspersed throughout. But then you actually get like shots of them together because initially the first two thirds of this video, I was like, okay, clearly they couldn't film these two together. So these are like two separately shot yes. music videos that they just put together. And then they That's have definitely what it feels like. They, they do have shots of them together at the end. They are like the most awkward, sexy shots that I've ever seen where it feels like they're just like trying to touch each other as little as possible. Oh my God. It's. It's just so cringy. I don't get what space he's in. I don't get if it's supposed to be his mansion or if it's like some sort of like fancy office kind of thing. I don't yes. know. I don't know. So the series was, of course, produced in Canada, set in Whitby, Ontario, but filmed in Toronto. Most of the show was shot inside a former Catholic elementary school in Little Italy, including the school and the home scenes. And then the mall scenes were filmed in Dufferin Mall. So the students in the show attend the fictional school of Arby Bennett High School, which is named after the 11th Prime Minister of Canada. I'm thinking Arby's. <laughs> yes, what he was most known for. That was, that was his campaign slogan yeah, in the 1930 election. <laughs> I, I knew nothing about Arby Bennett. Name did not ring a bell. So he led the Conservative Party from 1927 to 1938. He won the 1930 election against William Lyon Mackenzie King. Um, here's a, a little excerpt from his Wikipedia page. It says Bennett's premiership was marked primarily by the Great Depression that it overlapped and by an unsuccessful initiative to establish an imperial preference free trade agreement. Still, he left a lasting legacy in the form of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, established 1932, and the Bank of Canada, established 1934 and was regarded even by his political opponents as instrumental in mitigating the worst potential effects of the economic depression in Canada. Wild. Yeah. So we have a con we have a conservative prime minister to thank for the CBC. I I guess so. Like I it's it's hard to find what his specific role was, but he, he has some sort of influence. But I will say Arby Bennett's got like a really long Wikipedia page. <laughs> and you know how, you know, it's it's broken down into like one, early life, stuff like that. Yes. Um, two is some important friendships. <laughs> <laughs> and like the the phrasing of this oh. section, it's it's just one big paragraph and like the the wording of it 
It doesn't read like a Wikipedia page. Oh my god. One day when Bennett was crossing the Miramichi River on the ferry boat, a well-dressed lad about nine years younger came over to him and struck up a conversation. This oh was the beginning god. of an improbable but important friendship with Max Aitken, later the industrialist and British press baron Lord Beaverbrook. The agnostic Aitken liked to tease the Methodist Bennett, whose fiery temper contrasted with Aitken's <laughs> ability to turn away wrath with a joke. This friendship would become important to his success later in life, as would his friendship with the Chatham lawyer Lemuel J. Tweedle, a prominent conservative politician. He began to study law with Tweedle on weekends and during summer holidays. Another important friendship was with the prominent sheriff family of Chatham, the, the father being high sheriff of Northumberland County for 25 years. <laughs> like, holy fuck. Just the, the way that this is written is, is so funny to me. Um, find you a man with a good strong name like Lemuel Tweedle. <laughs> find you a Lord Beaverbrook. R.B. Bennett was created Viscount Bennett, the only Canadian prime minister to be honored with the elevation to the peerage. So in case you really wanted some R.B. Bennett facts today, there you go. Going into the cast, of course, you've got Charlotte Arnold as Sadie, the main character. Um, so her major roles that she's known for are this show and her role as Holly J. Sinclair in Degrassi, The Next Generation, a very prominent Degrassi character. Uh, her most recent acting role was in Frankie Drake Mysteries. As of 2017, she was working as an editorial assistant at CBC News Network. She did study journalism at Ryerson, and you can actually find some of her student articles online on the Ryersonian website. Uh, you've got Jasmine Richards as Margaret Browning Levesque. Um, she's well known for this show as well as Overruled, which was a similar Canadian show that came out following this. It started her and Jacob Kramer, who plays Ben in the show, who's one of the kind of prominent supporting and later main characters of the series. For kind of broader audiences, she'd be known for playing Peggy in the Camp Rock movie. She's one of Tess's friends. So then you've got Michael DeCenzo as Brain Papadakis. Kind of the, the biggest thing that he was in was the film Charlie Bartlett. And he was also the last voice actor for Brother Bear in the Berenstain Bears TV series. He followed Michael Sarah after his voice changed and he, quote, lost his brother voice, according to the Berenstain Bears wiki. Oh, um, That's a weird phrase. He he largely stopped acting following um, Naturally Sadie. Didn't have a ton of uh, other acting credits to his name, but he is now working behind the scenes in Canadian media. A lot of production coordinator credits to his name. And his latest credit was as a script coordinator for Baroness Von Sketch Show, one of our, our best Canadian series right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Of sketch comedy performed by a group of really funny women. And then kind of rounding out your, your main characters, you've got Justin Bradley as Hal Hawthorne, Sadie's brother. Um, he was in lots of commercial roles starting out, and he had some on-screen acting credits like spots in Are You Afraid of the Dark? He is best known for his voiceovers. These voiceovers include uh, the role of Arthur Reed in 2001 during the sixth ah. season of Arthur. Um, but following his role in Arthur in 2001, Mark Rendall had to redub Bradley's season six dialogue due to the fact that Bradley's voice was too deep and it was not a good successor <laughs> to the voice of Michael Yarmish, as, <laughs> as well as the fact he made Arthur sound whiny when the character got upset. <laughs> 
So, so my guy did voice Arthur, but he also got completely redubbed. Oh no! I'm trying to picture like DW. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but two things to note here. So one is that he was the successor to Michael Yarmish, who we mentioned before, uh, starred in Radioactive, another Canadian actor in the mix here. Yeah. But second was that he was redubbed by Mark Rendell, and I was like, Rendell, I know that Uh-oh. last name. Uh oh. Where where else do we know the last name Rendell? Oh, of course, it's David Rendell. So this guy was dubbed over for the role of Arthur by the brother of the actor who plays Ted. <laughs> oh my god, what a confusing web we have woven. What a what a strange and confusing web, but I was like that's that's a little wild connection. But yes, yeah, so th- th- this isn't to, to roast Justin Bradley too badly. I just thought that was a, <laughs> a very funny thing that it was like you you might best know him for voicing Arthur, even though he got dubbed over. But he he did have some voice acting credits and shows like Delilah and Julius, A Miss Mallard Mystery, For Better or For Worse, Simon in the Land of Chalk Drawings, and Caillou. So trying to find episodes for the show, you can find a couple of them on YouTube, but it's it's really hard to find episodes oh. of this show, which yeah. is disappointing. There's like a couple that you can find in decent quality, a couple you can find in really bad quality. Um, a lot of the ones that you can find are like, bad dvd rips of the show where it's nice. like naturally sadie disco one title six like is like the name of the video on youtube and the sync of the audio and the video like the frame rate is completely off and it's just no. it's just a mess to look at and i was like dang it i wanted to like rewatch some episodes for nostalgia because around the time that this was out naturally sadie was one of my favorite shows yeah i remember that i really enjoyed it i i had a good time with it i liked the characters it's a good time. There was a best of DVD released, and the most notable notable thing about this is the the cover art for it. <gasps> wow! So like, oh my you've, god, you've got Sadie in the middle, and then you've got kind of the other main characters around her, and they're all in stars against this purple background that also has stars on it, and it's taken like some lyrics from the theme song to be the tagline of the show. But I mean, I'll be honest, theme song for this show sucks. <laughs> it's, it's not a good theme song. So with the lyrics, it, like the title reads, Naturally Sadie, my world, my place, my friends. <laughs> so I can't find a lot of episodes on YouTube, but I can find like a lot of people posting the theme song and a lot of people posting bumpers specifically. Bumpers? Yeah, like... um. I guess before this was picked up by Disney Channel. So so basically, after the, the first season, it was picked up by Disney Channel to air. So you can find um, the kind of classic drawing the Mickey Mouse head with the wand from the main cast oh. of the show, which is, which oh. is a cool thing for, for this Canadian cast that this did yeah, get picked neat. up and actually, you know, distributed by Disney Channel. But before that, I guess in the United States, it was on Nickelodeon. So like there's there's like videos of people have just like recorded their TVs with like a Nickelodeon bumper and then the the title coming on. There's like a yeah. ton of those videos, a ton of videos on YouTube that are just bumpers. This one's really weird. It's called If Naturally Sadie was on ABC Kids in 2005 slash early 2006. It's just they they just put on like an ABC bumper before it. And then and then it's the title sequence. So it's like, I'm so confused by why somebody would make this. It's just like, yeah, but what if this aired on a different channel? It's just that they put a bumper. I'm so confused. 
So if you do look up Naturally Sadie on YouTube, basically the first episode that you'll find, the one that's most easily accessible, is a late episode of the show, one of the last ones, called As the Swirly Turns. Sadie, having uh, broken up with Ben at the start of the, the season, is kind of on the, on the lookout for, for a new crush, for a new boyfriend. A new man. A, a new man. And uh, let's let's see what, what new man she scopes out. Listen, uh, you should uh, give me your digits in case I need to call you before the game. Or after. Take a cedar. Oh, but who's that behind him? <gasps> is that Noah Reed? It's Noah Reed. I just really like that the episode that you are most likely able to find on YouTube, it's got Michael Cedar and it's got Noah Reed. Amazing. But in response to that, um, Michael Cedar and Noah Reed play characters named Cole and Todd. So in my deep dive of Naturally Sadie, I found a, a fan video from 2011 called Things I'll Never Say, Cole and Todd. <laughs> it's just like... It's a fan edit. Oh, it's a fan I edit for like these yeah. bit characters and naturally shipping Sadie. these two bit characters. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that is so niche. It's just it's a lot of the same footage over and over again. It's it's Wonderful. it's so very niche. It's the best kind of fan vid. But yeah, I mean, like if you go on YouTube and you look at the the naturally Sadie full season HD playlist. You you will not find full season HD, but you will find just oh, no. just just a lot of a lot of weird weird videos. You'll you'll find some some fan videos. You'll find the intro like a million times. You'll find like these very poor quality like DVD rips. Um, but probably the weirdest thing that I found in this deep dive. So I'm I look up naturally Sadie on YouTube. I scroll through, and I find uh I find this video. Uh, th- this video being simply titled <gasps> Naturally Sadie burp oh no and then i find another video called naturally sadie burp and then i go on this channel and it's it's just like between three and 20 second clips from a bunch of different shows of just characters or people burping all for the forums of a fetish community oh no oh my god i know (laughs) <laughs> not not what I was expecting to find, but who oh boy. Yeah, not what you'd expect to find when you're looking for your niche Canadian teen show content. Oh, uh, yeah. But but very very uh very hard to find content for otherwise, which is a bit of a bummer because I really did did enjoy this show growing up. So, uh, a couple of reviews here. The first couple are from Common Sense Media. This is from an adult. The review is titled Hormones. They say, I found myself having to explain to my 10-year-old about boys. I even had her covering her eyes in the kissing scenes in one episode. Never mind her plugging her ears while the actors talked about kissing. Oh my god. Ma'am? Lady. (laughs) Calm down. down. And then uh, this also from Common Sense Media is from a kid. It's titled, um, okay? (laughs) And the review says, what on earth was this show? Even one-year-olds could watch it. What? I don't know. Is that that's the entirety of the review? Yep. Amazing. And then I've got a couple from IMDB. This one says Sadie Hawthorne is a high school student and an inspiring naturalist who loves to study and observe animals and their behavior in their natural environment. Her desire to study and observe is not limited to animals as she attempts to analyze human beings the same way. Sadie soon discovers that this is difficult because behaviorally we are all unpredictable. The point is, Naturally Sadie is an awesome show. 
Even though season two is not like season one, it still focuses on plants and animals sometimes. In season two, she now compares the different animals to the people that surround her and their behavior. Just watch it. It is a great show for preteens and teenagers too. One of the things that I found was like very um, kind of different between these reviews is you'll find either people being like, I know season one was rough, but like give season two a try. It gets really good. Or people being like, oh, they sold out at season two because that's when Disney came in and it's not good anymore. So people are very divided on, like, I guess the the stylistic shift between the seasons. And another very common thing across these is people comparing the show to Lizzie McGuire. I don't particularly know why. I think it's because, if I remember correctly, at least in the first season, you get kind of like these, these bits into Sadie's mind where... I mean, kind of, like, less stylized than um, the kind of Life with Derek, like, Casey talking to the camera bits. Um, yeah. It's kind of in, in that vein. So people are like, oh, but you have, like, cartoon Lizzie and Liz McGuire who, like, shows her thoughts. So I guess, like, people wanted to compare it that way. But this review says, Now, if we all realize that there are a finite number of plots a teen show can have, it is easy to see that Naturally Sadie is one of the better shows out there right now. Early teens who grew up with Lizzie McGuire will only recognize the similar plots, but viewers who take the long view will see that Naturally Sadie has a fresh take on the show. The title character is interested in things other than how she looks or what boys think of her, though there is a boy involved. It took me a few episodes to get into Naturally Sadie, but now I recognize it as being the best thing out there in the junior high category. It's much better than the gimmick-reliant That's a Raven Fill of the Future. I place it slightly ahead of Drake and Josh, which is the second best show in this age range. I, like I really want this person's rankings. Yeah, it's like a very structured ranking. It's very interesting. Where does it line up on the Fillmore scale? That's the real question. That is, you know, the, the truest test of quality. And then one more review. This says, I just saw a couple episodes of Disney Channel's newest show, and I don't think it's bad at all. It's about Sadie, who is a nature freak in a good way, and her friends. You get inside her head, and she tells you how she handles her social problems. Sadie Hawthorne is a 14-year-old freshman in high school with grades to die for and social skills to run away from. You travel with her through her first weeks in high school as she gets tangled up in all sorts of... <laughs> I, I like the implication that it's like, it's not just, oh, she's awkward, it's like, run away. I feel like I wish I had heard that phrase when I was growing up because that described my entire school. Life. Oh, no. Grades to die for and social skills to run away oh, from. Oh, no. <laughs> You travel with her through her first weeks in high school as she gets tangled up in all sorts of situations that happen to the average freshman girl. I like this show. It's no friends, but I'm sure that it'll run for a few seasons. Sadie is a normal girl who just enjoys life the way it comes to her. I love the way you can see her think, literally. You kind of just see her head telling you her dilemmas in a picture frame, which is stuck in a scrapbook. It gives quite a cool effect, actually. She gets into all sorts of situations that, just like any other Disney Channel series, tells you all about the do's and don'ts of teenage life. This is a definite watch for 9 to 15 year olds. I, I just like this trend of, like, comparing it against these shows, being like, it's no Liz McGuire. It's no friends. Uh, on the site fanforum.com, I found a thread uh, that was uh, naturally Sadie appreciation because things just come so naturally. And the first post says, does anyone else love this show? I think that it's a really good show for teenagers to watch. The characters are hilarious and the stories are always good. And then uh, the only other post is by the same user three weeks later who says, no one else likes this show? Denied. Aww. 
But I, I, I think that this user must have been active fairly recently because their signature says Jeremy Baramy, baby. So nice. they've had good taste nice. for a long time. Our RFR connection, obviously, there's going to be some shared actors here. You're pulling from a, a similar pool yes. here. Um, but my, my favorite connection and the one that I remember the most clearly is a, a pretty prominent RFR star. I don't just bowl. I'm a bowler. We got a, a couple episode uh, storyline that Nathan Stevenson was featured in where he played Margaret's boyfriend. And uh, nice. it was it was a, a very like I, I remembered very clearly being very excited to be like, it's Robbie. It's Robbie. Robbie. Being so excited. I believe Kate Todd also had an appearance in the show, but because the episodes that you can find on YouTube are limited, um, I can't pull up a clip from that one. So that's Naturally Sadie, um, a favorite of mine. A very fun one, and um, a show that was kind of of the same time as Radio Free Roscoe. It's a typical afternoon at Mickey's Discs, the perfect place for students to unwind. And for me, it's the perfect place for study. So we get back, and Robbie and Sid are shooting this thing, and Robbie's being very question marky. He's, like, philosophizing. He, he describes ninth grade, like, feeling like you're traveling at the speed of light. I don't remember ninth grade feeling like that. I, I don't all. think ninth grade's that exciting, buddy. It's really not. But you know, this is Robbie. This is what he does. Is he he expounds on these subjects, and uh, Sid's really liking what they're filming, and she likes it so much that she gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Robbie's digging it. Kim's not around anywhere. It's all just Sid now, and they're together in an empty hallway, I guess, filming after school or something. It's got to be pretty late after school because we know that students are there until like at least five o'clock. That's a good point. Meanwhile, back at RFR, Travis has managed to find Ray's lucky card, and he's super reluctant to give it back to Ray because he wants Ray to like grow and realize his responsibility and, you know, do things that Ray is not very good at. Ray enters and is incredibly cautious trying not to touch everything because he is is so convinced that some sort of chaos is going to ensue. The only risky thing that he's done is sit down on a park bench because he said he figured it was safe because it was bolted down, but there's clearly wet paint on it. He's got green stripes all over his back. Oh, the bank continues. Oh, it's a good bit. It's a good bit. I like that Robbie now has an earring. Yeah, yeah, we're back in Mickey's and they're filming like bits in Mickey's now. Robbie shows off that it looks like he's studying, but he's really reading what he describes as an animated novel, which is not a thing. <laughs> which is not a Japanese anime comic. <laughs> I know. Continuing to show that he's a, a bad boy to Sid. Basically, Robbie comes up with this this grand scheme because they've had so much fun shooting kind of like their alternate footage where they're just kind of going off the rails and being edgy and telling things like it is that they're like, ooh, let's, we'll, we'll make two versions. We'll make like the clean version that Waller wants and we'll make our version. Uh, but our version is the one that we're actually going to screen. Ooh. Oh, big sabotage. Big scandalous thing. Hey, Lil, what's up? I'm just studying for the test. Oh, the test. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Oh, I'm going to bomb. So school the next day, Robbie sees Lily in the hallway. She's clearly not too happy with him. Uh, she's standing outside their classroom studying for their test. And he's like, oh, we were supposed to stay for the test yesterday. He had completely forgotten. Um, and he panics. And then he's like, no, it's, it's fine. I'll just wing, wing it. And then he comes out of the, the test afterwards. And he's like, grammar sucks. And <laughs> Lily is, says that, you know, this is what he gets for not following the rules. And he's like, they're holding me back. And Lily's concerned that Robbie's not being true to himself. 
Meanwhile, Travis is just having a great time holding Ray's baseball card over him. What is so special about you, Daryl Maddox? You were an average player. You collected dirt from every ballpark. And if I understand these stats correctly, you had a knack for choking under pressure. Lily and Travis are chatting on the iconic school bench. Travis is fiddling around with Ray's baseball card, kind of enjoying the fact that he's got it and Ray doesn't. And Lily points out that, you know, she kind of... She kind of uh, runs a circle around Travis when she points out that it's not good karma to be keeping Ray's baseball card from him because it's making Ray upset, regardless of if it's lucky or not. It's something that Ray cares about. And Travis is kind of like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm the Buddhist expert here. And then Ray comes in wearing like a giant yellow raincoat and like a trucker hat with like the little flaps and everything because somehow this is going to protect him from all the things except it turns out that the coat is made of rubber and rubber gives him hives and that's that's not really a luck thing Ray. that's just being dumb about your allergies <laughs> i like that his like protective gear is largely just like a repellent fabric so it's really just going to protect him from the mustard or at least if he gets mustard on it it'll blend in that's so true it is mustard colored Study hall is often considered free time, but without a little structure, it can easily become wasted time. So we we get a glimpse of these two different cuts of this video that Rob and Sid are working on. And the, the first one, we've got like, you know, your kind of um, very fanfare kind of music going on in the background with Robbie in his very, very beige polo sitting behind yes. in front of a bunch of books being every bit the proper student. And then the other version, he's like there in like his hoodie getup, just like gambling with crackers <laughs> with with a bunch of students, just like looking really cocky and being like, hey, that's blackjack. <laughs> oh my God. It's a lot. I also appreciated from a video editing perspective that they put time code on these edits. It looks legit. They, they <laughs> did. Wow. They, they, I'm glad they for they forewent the option of trying to show an editing interface. Cause... Oh, God, that would not have aged well. Because, I mean, I we do have to point out these are being shown on some chonky computers. So chunky, and they've got two going at the same time. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> this is going to sound pretentious, but too bad. We all want to figure out the meaning of life, right? But what if there's no right answer? So over in today's RFR broadcast, um, the crew is kind of discussing the meaning of life, and we get the shot of Ray still kind of in, like, him trying to protect himself from, like, all of the bad luck that is coming his way. He's got like a, a hockey helmet on with a face guard, but he's got his headphones on over top of the <laughs> helmet. Oh no, Ray. It's, it's a very ridiculous look. That's great. And Lily's trying to like kind of give Travis these coded messages about doing uh, right and wrong deeds as he's kind of like toying with this this baseball card that he's holding over Ray. It's really Really a relationship manager for all these goofy boys. So back in the editing bay, Sid leaves the room and Robbie kind of like cautiously takes over and looks at himself in their kind of edgy version of the video. And he watches himself in the video kind of playing up this this um, anti-establishment persona. And him in the video says, are you feeling me? And Robbie pauses it and has this dramatic moment where he's like, no. I don't even know who you are. And that feels like Robbie. Oh, it does. <laughs> Some idiot spilled chemicals on me in science class. Ooh, bad luck, Straw. 
So in the cafeteria, we we get this Travis entrance of him looking so grumpy. He's got this moody little walk and he's pouting and he's in like these like flowy shorts. Very purple flowy shorts. Yeah. I love watching Travis walk places. He has so many interesting walks. I love to watch him go. kind of stomps around. So he spilled something on his pants. He has to wear these stupid shorts. Um, <laughs> the punishment shorts. <laughs> the punishment shorts. Uh, <laughs> and Lily says this is bad karma. And Travis, you know, very grumpily hands over the baseball card to Ray. And he's like, oh, this is great. My bad luck's over. And he stands up and like the full seat of his pants is just covered in gum. Like there's so much gum on like this seat, to notice that before on the, these pants, and also oh, God. that's just that's not just not what gum looks like when you sit on it. It's like, so like who was liquidy and stretchy, and then just like leaving like wet, like almost melted gum. It's very unpleasant. I want to know who was chewing all this gum and then just like hacked it onto a seat. <laughs> like what the hell? Oh, it's it's a nasty look. And Travis says, this is proof, this is proof, this is bad luck, your card does nothing. And Ray's like, no, this is good luck, because these aren't my jeans. Poor Tim. You can totally, like, this is totally, like, just Ray borrowing his brother's clothes again, as we've established. Sometimes I do go by the book, and sometimes I don't. That's the truth. That's the way I really am. So the next day at school, Sid meets up with Robbie and says that their gambit has worked. She's shown Waller the kind of sanitized version for his review, and she's got the other cut ready to go. And Robbie says, actually, I'd like to show this one. And I like we have like these three different colored VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls out like this red box VHS tape that's kind of supposed to be the blending of the two. And Sid's kind of disappointed. She's like, oh, you're selling out on me. And he's like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like this super bad boy and I'm not necessarily the super sanitized guy either and she's like that's too bad because all the bad boys you are my favorite we go to the cafeteria because everything happens in the cafeteria where robbie just hands the tape to a random guy who puts it in a crt tv vcr combo mm -hmm. and like where the students are semi-interested and they watch this video and waller kind of like watches from the hallway it's like it's not a very inspiring video he, it's not. He starts it by being like, Principal Waller tasked me with making this video, and I made it of somebody who I thought I was. And he shows kind of clips of like him being the model student, but then clips of him being like the, the kind of edgier version of himself. And he's like, but I want to be authentic. So this is a week in my life at Roscoe High. And then we just see like some clips from previous episodes of like him and Lily at yeah. the pep rally, or like a yeah. random clip of him like writing a test and like things like that and it doesn't have any message it's just like this is me here's my friends biking i'm a yeah, student it is not a how-to guide at all no and like oh how long was he there working on that because he filmed new footage for it well yeah like how <laughs> he would have needed sid for the camera at the very least yeah who is he gonna know, give man. it to right he'd get mustard on it it's yeah, Ray would just Ray just oozes mustard. He just oozes mustard. That's his whole character. Waller's somehow impressed though. He's like, you know, this isn't exactly what I expected, but I'm cutting edge, so this'll be fine. But he still wants to punish Sid, I guess. Not with detention, but by assigning her to make a documentary about him now. Um because that's what you do with your problem student is you <laughs> yank them out of school for two weeks. 
<laughs> and you make them glorify you. Yeah, that'll go really well. And it's great. We get at the the last bit of the episode is Sid's just kind of looking incredulously back at Robbie uh, while while they're saying, "Well, we'll do it in the style of the great masters like Kurosawa and Fellini." <laughs> it's it's a good bit, and it's good um, enter our episode of uh, some fun Robbie exploration and some good Ray and and Travis banter. Always a good time. But over in Mickey's discs for this episode, we've got "Out to Get Us" by National Anthem, "Payoff" by the Black Europeans, "Better Off Without You" by Eleven Minutes Away. Do You by Sister Someone, Best Days of Our Lives by The Premiums, and Lauren's Groove by The Black Europeans. I think we really enjoyed the song Best Days of Our Lives by The Premiums. You can always tell what's an iconic song from the RFR canon if Jody and I start singing along, even if it's just a single word. Yes, and, I remember uh, that this one as soon as I heard it. Yeah, it's the song that plays while it's basically the soundtrack to Robbie's confusing montage documentary thing. But it's it's a great track. It's really fun. You can find it on Bandcamp. Uh, the Premiums have a couple of albums on their Bandcamp, which is exciting. And they also seem to be somewhat active. At least they have been in the past few years. Um, they are they're a band from Toronto. And they were playing as recently as 2016. This is a Now Magazine article from January 2004 talking about a, a premiums live show. Uh, it was written by Tim Perlich. So the review says, Sometimes a killer guitar riff is all it takes to know whether or not a band has what it takes. The premiums have definitely got it going on. When I walk into a steamy hot Rancho Relaxo one sweltering summer night and hear Stevie Vibrolux cranking out the intro to All I Really Want on his low-slung Les Paul, it's clear that the premiums have that special something extra. And that's before sweat-soaked singer Chris Public, ranting about proper rock and roll, stumbles backwards over an amp, knocking over candlelit tables, and very nearly setting the place ablaze. Without missing a beat, the tipsy Public springs back onto his feet, as if the pratfall's all part of the act, and continues shouting about the premiums being the greatest band in creation. So that sounds like it was a fun show. <laughs> but yeah, they're this fun rock band from Toronto, and if you want to get some of those mid-2000s vibes you can find uh, their albums including the album that has this song on it on Bandcamp. so that does it for us for this week if you're not already you can follow us on social media you can find us at podcast free roscoe on facebook and instagram or pod free roscoe on twitter you can also give us a shout at podcast free roscoe at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show if you have any fun rfr memories or just CanCon memories in general we would love to hear from you and feel free to send us a voice clip if you want and we'll make sure you get on the air. So for now, this is Podcast for Roscoe signing off.